Hey, good morning, Journey Church. I want to uh, take a moment before I introduce our speaker for today to brag on our worship team. That song that we just sang, the last song that we sang is a song uh, that Matt and our team recently wrote, and they introduced it to us at our, our worship night and recorded it live there and is now available on any streaming music service Woo! that you might use. So I would encourage you guys to check it out and uh, allow God to use that to encourage you throughout the week. So, And if you get a chance, you see those guys walking around uh, after service, take a moment and just brag on them because, uh, you know, uh, bragging isn't necessary, but it sure does help a little bit. So you guys bragging on them a little bit and just let them know you appreciate the hard work they do every week. Hey, several weeks ago or months ago now, Pastor Mike and I got a chance to meet a guy who was planting a church in Chisholm, and we knew within a few moments that, that he was someone that God was leading us to, to partner with. And so over the last several months, we've worked through uh, a partnership with Pastor Dwayne and Flatline Church in Chisholm. And in that brief amount of time, we've seen God do some tremendous things. He's going to share a few of those with you this morning. So I'm going to invite Pastor Dwayne to come and share with us this morning. You guys make him feel welcome. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Journey, how y'all doing? Hey, see this look that I'm doing? I'm comp- we're going to talk about that later on. How y'all doing this morning? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. So honored and so thankful to be back in the house of the Lord at Journey Church again. Uh, this is one of the most welcoming and lovingest family that I know I've had the opportunity to uh, uh, be friends with. And, and just thank you for y'all partnership. Uh, I know y'all been praying for Pastor Mike and his bride as he getting some rest, right? Oh, Lord. <laughs> praying that he having a good time and being refreshed in all areas. So I thank God for him uh, trusting me to even come back here and speak today. You know, he gave me a hard subject to teach on, but, hey, you know, it's worth it. Uh, but like uh, Pastor Daniel said, uh, I'm Pastor Dwayne from uh, Flatline Church in Chills, and I know, and I know I have to speak explain this every time I go speak somewhere because when people hear flatline they be like man that's demonic like you know how you gonna name your church flatline one I didn't name it and two uh it's derived from Romans chapter 6 verse 11 and that scripture reads that I reckon you to be dead to sin but alive to God through Christ Jesus so in order to live you got to die. You got to die before you die so you can live. You got to die to your flesh. You got to die to yourself daily. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. So everything that we do requires that you die to yourself. Our mission statement at Flatline Church is, one, we're here to so God can save the lost. Two, we're here to strengthen the weak. And three, we're here to help the poor. So you cannot do that if you're in your flesh because you sometimes... Based on the context that we in, it's very easy to look down on another person, and you can't offer unconditional love if you're still in your flesh and looking down on somebody. So you got to die to that so that, that you can see them the way that God uh, uh, sees them. So uh, also, uh, we want to thank God for you all for blessing us with the food truck. I'm, I'm not asking, listen. I'm not asking you to clap for myself, but like these, there's certain things that we are to celebrate, right? I mean, if I say, man, Auburn just scored a touchdown, boy, this whole place will be erupting, right? But when we talk about the things that God has done, we're like, okay, good, good job, God. Way to go. You met a win since Saturday. You gave them a $15,000 food truck. Good job, good job, guy. Like, no, 
Like, I'm running and jumping and hollering and screaming. But we plan on using that uh, very, very, very heavily, uh, heavily uh, this this fall uh, because Jer- the north side of Montgomery is our Jerusalem. So, and I'm the chaplain of uh, Lee High School football team. So we're going to be very, very intentional about focusing on those three schools, Lee High School, uh, uh, Capitol Heights, and uh, Chisholm Elementary School. So what we plan on doing is parking that food bus there on Fridays because there's a food desert out there. There's, I mean, they, they struggle uh, with having food on the weekend. So we're going to use that bus to park there on those different campuses on Friday, give out food, give out brochures, talk about the gospel, give out music, do all kind of things to try to get them, one, plugged into the Lord, and two, plugged into a church so they can grow a healthy church like Journey. But it's, right now it's, it's Flatline Church because that's our community school. So, And yesterday, I mean, God just really, really, really blessed us. We had a community outreach yesterday. We were able to feed 100-plus families. And not only did we feed those families, but we got a chance to pray with those families. We got a chance to uh, witness to some of those that might not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we got a data. We, we were able to collect all the information so we can know how to follow up with them. Uh, and just, you know, just stay after them with the gospel just to make sure uh, uh, that they get plugged in. And right now my phone has been blowing up even since I've been here about people from that outreach begging, can we get somebody to pick us up? Can we get somebody to pick us up? So what I do is we have a group me with the church line on, so I just send it to them because I don't want anything to fall through the crack. Because if you just call me, I probably forget about you. We want to make sure somebody know that we need to pick up this person, just their address. So if I don't get them, it ain't on me. Now y'all need to make sure somebody pick these people up now. So amen. All right. Yeah. I see my wife back there, my beautiful bride. I've been married for 17 years. Boy, that's why I said that, Lord, because I know I married way up, way up. No own deserve. That was my children, my family. They're all in the back. And I thank God for Pastor Mike for even allowing me to come, but he's going to ask me to preach on, Thou shalt not kill. Lord, have mercy. Now, this this, <laughs> this ain't an easy subject to teach on, but it's a necessary one. All right, and I pray in the name of Jesus that we would get encouraged today and we would get get challenged, but God will really show us what it means in that. So if you don't mind, let's go before the throne of God, uh, throne of grace, and let's, let's go to him in prayer real quick. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, we thank you so much for today, God. We thank you for your breath. Uh, as the song was just saying, how you breathe your breath into us and you woke us up today, Lord God, to enjoy this day that you have made. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this, uh, the pastors and the church body, Lord God. I thank you for what you're doing through this church here in the River Region and throughout the world, Lord God. I pray uh, that you will speak to us, myself included today, Lord God, very, very clearly in which you would challenge us and that you would encourage us, Lord God. I, as your manservant, completely move out of your way and that you would completely take over and, and, and teach us today, Lord God. I decrease as you increase, Lord God. Uh, so we love you, Lord God, but we're only able to love you because you first loved us. So we are careful to give you all the credit and all the glory and all the honor and all the reverence from what you is doing and still is about to do here in this church today. In the mighty, awesome, unmatchable name of Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thou shalt not kill. Now, that's one of those commandments that most people be like, you know what? I mean, I'll come to church today, but I ain't really worried about this one because I ain't never killed nobody. 
Uh, you know, I might struggle with the first one. That should not have no other gods before me. Football might be my God. My girlfriend might be my God. My boyfriend might be my God. My job might be my God. My money might be my God. But I ain't never killed nobody. So this one right here, I'm pretty cool. So I'm, we're gonna we're gonna listen, but I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty cool with that. But we're gonna learn today that everybody in this room have murdered somebody before. That's why Jesus had to come. Because we cannot keep the commandments of God. None of them. None of the ten. And if you look at uh, the first one through four commandments, they deal with our relationship with God. Uh, Five through ten deals with the relationship with other people. And when you look at uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, that's what that shall not command. I'm, I'm sorry, that shall not kill is in, especially the King James Version. It actually says, thou shalt not kill. Right? <clears throat> Why are we giving this commandment? First, we're giving this commandment because of us being image bearers of God. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible said we were made in the image of God. And then another thing we want to ask ourselves, if God said, thou shalt not kill, but then he killed... And he gave us laws where it's okay to kill, like the military and and, and defending your family and and, and, uh, uh, just all kinds of stuff. There's laws set up where it's okay to do it. Is there a contradiction uh, with this commandment? And God is holy and he's perfect, so I can guarantee you there's no contradiction. And he's going to explain that to us today. So when we see thou shalt not kill, kill can't mean Kill like we think kill means. The Hebrew original word for kill is murder. That's what that word means. <clears throat> well, and if you look at it, well, why did the King James use the word use the word kill? Well, four hundred years ago, when that translation was made, kill was uh, synonymous with mur- with murder, and the English language has changed. Dr- has evolved since 1610. So there's a a huge difference between kill and murder. The Hebrew original word for kill means taking any life, taking a human life legally or illegally or by accident, morally or immoral. But murder means one thing, the illegal or immoral taking of human life. If you come in my house trying to hurt my family, you probably won't make it out of them. And I'm not going to feel like I broke God's law because I defended my family. The other night when I got home, my wife told me, uh, Wayne, the, the bathroom door was closed. She said, before you go in that bathroom, there's a wasp in that bathroom. I need you to kill that wasp. She didn't say, I need you to murder that wasp. She said, I need you to kill that wasp. So kill has a, a, a wider variety of meaning than murder. So if you pass, fast forward to you looking at some of the newer versions because uh, uh, of kill is murder, right? And Jesus really, really explains this to us uh, beginning in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22. And our first point that we're going to talk about today is murder begins in the heart. Murder begins in the heart. 
Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22. It says, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder. And whoever murders will be subject to judgment. Jesus says, but I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be, ju- will be subject to judgment. Whosoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says, you fool, will be subject to hell fire. That's a lot to take in. See, some scholars will say, well, Jesus just took it to another level. No, I believe Jesus is just explaining what this really means, what God is really trying to communicate to us when he tells us, do not murder. There are some sub-points to murder that Jesus unpacks for us in this passage of Scripture. The first sub-point is anger. Anger is very dangerous. Anger is very dangerous. Human anger is the first stop on the line to murder. And to the holy God, a step toward a sin is as bad as sin itself. It's a a step toward, it's a progression. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And see, right now, we got a whole lot of Twitter and Facebook murderers out here today. Oh, Lord. But <laughs> I won't expect no hallelujahs on that. But how do we deal with anger? Because this is a sub point um, to murder. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24 says, So if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you. Now, mind you, God didn't say if you got something against them. He says if they got something against you. He said, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or your sister, and then come and offer your gift. You need God, Holy Spirit to do that one right there. So Jesus saying, if they got, listen, if they got a pro, if they your brother or your sister, meaning if they're Christian, they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, but you know they got a problem with you. Jesus said, don't even ask me for nothing. Leave it right here. You go be reconciled with them and then come back. That's something hard to do. Another sub point of anger is insults. And Jesus, I'm packing this. Look, look at what he says in, in uh, Matthew 21, uh, verse 22. He said, but I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother and sister will be subject to judgment. And then it's because it's a progression. Then the second part said, whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Now, when you look at insults, insult is when you make someone else feel small, worthless, and insignificant with your words and your actions. That's unrestrained anger, and it gives the first blow. Now, some of y'all have heard, 
probably all of us have heard, man, if looks can kill. If looks can kill. And see, I know, especially before I got saved, but even early on in my walk, and sometimes I still struggle with this. You can kill somebody with your look. Let's say, for instance, my wife said she'll give me some suggestions on something that she thinks is a good idea for us to do as a family, and then I do this, this right here. I just told her that what you're thinking about is worthless. I just made her feel small and also made her feel significant based on my look. Insults. You're not a part of my political party. I'm a Republican. You're a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. You're a Republican. And more than insults can we spew out our mouth because somebody is not part of our Republican or, or Democratic Party. Oh, I like Alabama. You like Auburn. The insults that come out of our mouths as Christians should not be there. And the last part of that scripture, when you look at Matthew chapter 21, because Jesus explained it to us the real meaning behind this commandment. And how we're to respond with it. And he's, 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 he's revealing to us that, man, no, no, you probably hadn't manually stabbed nobody or nothing like that, but it's in your heart, though. The last part of that scripture said, he said, he said whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So how many times you said, man, I can't believe they over there cutting up like that. They acting like some fools. They, they, they may never some fools over there doing that right there. See, just because somebody doing something foolish doesn't mean that they are a fool. If we can spend time instead of if we can spend time praying for them for those foolish deeds and those acts versus calling them a fool, then we really will be pleasing the Lord. Because God said, "Whoever saying this stuff out of your mouth," He said, "You are in danger of hellfire." It was Jesus said that. This ain't you, y'all see that right? And then the third part. All of this stuff leads to hatred. It leads to hatred. It starts out with anger, then insults, and then now you're calling people fool. And they say, you know, you hate them. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15 says this. He said, everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. So there's a lot of people who say they love the Lord Jesus Christ, but they hate their brother or their sister. And sometimes just because they don't look like them or they're not going to... Listen, people say, well, no, Dwayne, you know I don't see color. Man, if you can't see that I'm a black man, somebody need to get you some glasses. <laughs> I don't believe... I don't believe... Because racial hate, man, it, it progresses. You don't, you're not born like that. Yo, you're born in sin, but I'm talking about for, for hate to be in your heart, you have to progress to that. I only believe, I don't even believe in racism. I believe there's one race. I believe there are many cultures, but there's only one race. Because if I cut my arm, it's going to bleed red. If I cut Daniel, he's going to bleed red. So it's just one race, but it's many cultures. And most of the time, because you don't understand my culture, and you don't even want to learn my culture, that's when the and then you might see somebody from my culture doing some foolish stuff, then the insults start, and before you know it, you straight up hate a whole group of people. And not knowing that that murder began, you, 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 it began in your heart. 
Right? So if you, and then listen. Hatred means that you have not just given into anger, but you feed it and you help it grow. That's what hatred does. But it all comes from the, the origin of that is pride. That's what it is. Look at Proverbs sixteen eighteen. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. And then if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27, it says, Be angry, but don't sin. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And when you look at how Jesus explained and, 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 and explained who the devil was in John chapter 8, verse 44, he said, he said man, listen, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. And, of course, the devil got kicked out of heaven because of pride. So he come tempt us to do the same thing, to be prideful. And not saying that Satan was going around killing the people, killing people, because he's he dealing with angels, right? So he ain't killing no angels. But Jesus, yet yeah, Jesus called him a murderer. Why would he call him a murderer? Because of what's in his heart. That's why Jesus called the devil a murderer. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, it says, let all bitterness, let all bitterness. And sometimes, listen, I get it. It's not easy to do this. That's why you need to be saved and you need the power of the Holy Ghost to let all bitterness go. Ephesians 4, 31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Alone with all malice. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 wraps it all up for us. He said, let all that stuff be put away from you. And you need God's spirit to do that. You cannot do it if you're not born again. You can't do this in your flesh. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. Remember what we said earlier. I don't know if I did say it. The Ten Commandments, or none of the commandments, they're not... They, they, the, the commandments are not given so that we can be saved bound. They are given so, so that God can teach his people the requirements of faithful and holy living. That's what they're given for. They're they, they given to us to let us know that what, my standard for you requires my son's resurrection and the Holy Spirit living inside of him. So this is God's re requirement for us, you know, responding to this particular command. Because a lot of us think we're innocent when it comes to do not murder. But the truth of the matter is we're not. We. I'm saying we now. I'm, I'm over here, but I'm, I'm not there too. Now, let, let you breathe a little bit because we're going to get to the good part. Last point is let us die instead of murder. And it goes back to, again, I'm plugging flatline, but that's just our way of life. Romans 6.11, it goes back to the, 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 the whole heartbeat behind our, our ministry. You know, I, I consider you to be dead to, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but a lie to God through Christ Jesus. You have to die to yourself when yourself want to bring all these different many acts of murder to the surface. Right? But this is the answer to 
all of this right here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. It says, For if you forgive others their offense, and if only got two letters in it, but that's a big word. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But, verse 15, but if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. So the key to not being a murderer is forgiveness. Forgive people. Instead of talking about them, pray for them, forgive them. If they offend you, forgive them. And the scripture even tells us, hey, go make it right with them. Even if they offend you. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, and let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body, rule in your heart and be thankful. You see how Christ constantly dealing with the heart here. He said, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Not this other stuff. Not anger. Not insults. Not calling people fools. But let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. What's ruling in your heart? What's ruling in my heart? And then Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, he says, pursue peace with everyone. I mean, what did it say? Pursue peace with who? Some people. The ones in my neighborhood. The ones in my, you know, my socioeconomic group. The ones that look like me. The ones from my background. No, the Bible said pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one... Man, this is scary stuff. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Jesus said, if you're not pursuing peace with everybody and holiness, you won't, even, you won't see the Lord. We don't want you to be deceived to think that you can still think a certain way about a person, insult certain people, call them fools, and then still ready to get into heaven when your heart stops beating. According to scriptures, Jesus said that's not going to happen. And he walks us through it to show us if you exegete the scripture, it's all through it. He wants the peace of God to rule in our hearts. He wants us to be peacemakers. He wants us to pursue peace, pursue meaning, go after it. Come on, you know how you got a problem with this brother and sister and y'all ain't really talk and you ain't targeting they on our five. You're like, oh. And you go around because you don't really want to run into them. When the Bible say, if you see them and you know y'all like, y'all really not clicking right now, y'all really not jelly, you go over there and you start up a conversation with them. And then you let them know, hey, listen, I don't know what's going on. It could be me. I don't know what the situation is, but I feel a little tension or we didn't, we, you know, our last conversation wasn't that great, but I wanted you to know that I love you. And if I did something to you, Please forgive me. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care what it is. I, I, just, I, I care about our relationship. I want to make this right. And see, that's the type of attitude, that's the type, the type of response that God wants us to have uh, with the sixth commandment. That's not murder. Because you destroy anger. You destroy insults. You destroy 
calling people name and degrading people with forgiveness. You destroy it. Satan is weak. He, he, he is defenseless against this. Satan is defenseless against forgiveness. He's defenseless. But when you decide not to, it grows. And it turns into hatred. And hatred turns into murder. So at the end of the day, the Lord is calling us to settle disputes. He wants us to embrace human life and seek out forgiveness. That's what he's calling us as a church to do, as a body of Christ. This is how he's calling us to respond to thou shalt not murder. He's calling all of us to do that. The world needs to see that. It confuses the world when someone who says they're a Christian and they get online and they're talking all. Because some people, have, they have a whole different identity. They'll walk in one church and smile at everybody and get online. And you'll be like, who is that? They were just in church, but now they're saying all this stuff about this person or that party or that, part, that, that person because they're doing this. It confuses people who don't know the Lord Jesus. And it makes them say, I don't want your Jesus. Because they don't know how to articulate it, but you're a murderer. Who wants to befriend a murderer? So murder begins in the heart. But murder can be destroyed in the heart as well. If we pursue godliness, if we pursue peace, if we pursue forgiveness, if we settle disputes, we destroy murder in our hearts and it's replaced with holiness and peace and love and joy and self-control and meekness and humility. Like it's replaced with that. And then the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Then you shall be called sons and daughters of God. Amen? Can we pray again? Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, again, Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for sending Jesus, innocent, holy lamb, to live a perfect life for us. Died on the cross. He was murdered for us, God. And you raised him from the dead to set us free from the grip of sin. God, I pray for every person in this place today that they would receive your truth and that you would give them the, the, the courage and the strength to respond to your truth in a way that will honor you. I pray for those who are dealing with hard situations right now where it's not easy to forgive because the pain it's so deep. The wound is so deep. But Lord God, you are sovereign. You are all powerful. And you are concerned and you care for every person in this room. And you care for the person that offended them. Do a work in our heart, God. Because we have a desire to be called sons and daughters of God. But you have explained to us in your word. That we have, in order to, to be sons and daughters, we got to be peacemakers. 
We have to pursue righteousness. We have to pursue holiness. We have to pursue forgiveness. So, Lord, we need your help. We need your help. We praise you. And we thank you for your help because you said in your word, you said whatever prayer that we pray that's according to your will, you will do it. And I believe it's your will that we be healed. I, I believe it's your will that we be peacemakers. I be, believe it is your will that we not har- harbor anger and hatred in our hearts. So we thank you for answering this prayer. Deal with each one of us according to your will, God. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.